0: Let's do it.
1: listening to Live at 5 with Troy D. and Ellerby. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Are you having plumbing problems at your home or business? Delcor is the local plumbing expert on call for you. Delcor has the best high-tech camera equipment to identify and solve any clogs or issues you may have. And if you need a new heating and air conditioning unit, call Delcor today. Great financing offers from Train and Delcor right now, including 0% interest and rebates. Plus, Delcor is on call for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week with their emergency hotline. Don't delay. Call today, 321. Delcor, your heating, cooling, and plumbing experts. And remember, if you run into a problem with your heating, cooling, or plumbing, be sure to program 321-8868, and they're on call for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Delcor, great sponsor of the program.
2: All right, welcome back to the show. Great to have you here with us today as we continue on. Troy D. here, LRB, alongside Cliff Brock, producing, intern Cat with us, assistant production, and uh, back with us. Terrence Copper, T-Cop. Appreciate it, Clip. Good to see you, my man. How, how are you? Welcome back to the studio. It's always good to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, let me welcome special guests, Jermaine McNair from the NC Civil Organization. He's the director of that organization, also host of Civil Talks radio show. And, uh, Jay, first of all, great to have you. Welcome to Pirate Radio. I'm glad you could be here today.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, and what's up, the Pirate Nation? I'm absolutely thrilled to be here and uh, looking forward to some interesting conversation and a good time.
2: So absolutely, and we've got uh, you know all of our platforms, the Pirate Radio. Also, a special welcome to your Internet audience on uh, the live feed on your uh, Facebook Live on your personal page, so a lot of folks watching us too. Terrence, let's pick up where, where I, we last uh, were here in the studio. It was after the game. It was the aftermath of – even though the, the, the Pirates looked terrible – the, the topic everybody wanted to talk about was the band protest, and it seemed like everybody had an opinion on that. Um, and we we were here, for folks that don't know, four hours after yeah. the game taking calls. Yeah. It was one of the biggest shows we ever did. We were both a part of it. Clip was here. And I really thought we, we it was a great discussion, and some things as we talked about are bigger than football. So we ended up talking about that. That's what our listeners wanted to talk about, and they called in and discussed. And uh, it, it really, regardless of people's opinion – It hit a nerve with everybody. What did you say?
0: Yeah, it definitely did. And my take on it was, I was okay with the protest. Actually, I felt like I made a comment on on the radio station that it was real gutsy of them to do that, Uh, getting in that arena and taking that stance like that was was very gutsy. So I was for it. The only thing that I felt like that could have been different was them playing the national anthem because it was a big discrepancy. We didn't know that they play it. Were they just kneeled, or did they play it? So, I was I'm, I'm all for it, but my thing on it was if you are, if your job is to play the national anthem, and you still want to protest, take the knee. I'm fine, but if it's your job to pro, if, you, if it's your job to play the national anthem, still play the national anthem. For the some
2: students that didn't play the instrument exactly. Yeah, I got but
0: you. you can still take your knee, you can still protest, but it's your job.
2: Well, we've been uh, talking about it ever since, and and the reason we've been talking about it is because everyone else has been talking about it. I feel we've been a a place that we can have good discussions about this, and we had Tony Collins on yesterday. We spent the better part of yesterday's program talking about this, and now you reached out to me, and you said, hey, I'd like to bring a guest with me, because you knew we were going to be talking about this, and you wanted to bring Jermaine on, and I said, absolutely, what a great idea I got, you, this is kind of the world you live in, Jermaine. Let's first of all introduce you to our audience, because people watching you on your feed know you well. You are reaching a lot of people today hearing you for the first time. Uh, let's talk about who you are, what you do, and, and what NC Civil is all about, and how you, how you ended up uh, being a part of this.
3: Absolutely. Well, I, of course, as you said, am director of the local nonprofit NC Civil, and what we focus on is gap bridging programs that will address an issue that I experienced growing up where a lot of what happens in our inner city, minority communities, all of life is lived within a small radius. I wanted to do work to expand that radius and not just for exposure, but for functionality. So I wanted to create functional relationships between my community and the rest of the outside world. So that allows me to, or that pushes me to go and push programs at City Hall, push programs in our local education institutions and our local health institutions, and as I'm able to open up those doors, allow me to bridge the gaps between those institutions that serve our communities and our communities.
2: And I think, too, uh, it's my understanding, uh, you have a position at PCC, if I'm not mistaken. You help kind of uh, youth that may not have an opportunity or disadvantage to try and connect them with businesses to have an opportunity, is that
3: correct? I, do, I actually do college enrollment for first-generation college students. Now, I'll, I'll provide that service for anyone, but I have a unique focus that's focused on first-generation college students. Absolutely, for Pitt Community College.
2: And connecting them with employers, and is that kind of how some of that works?
3: Well, Pitt Community College, they have a vast array of, of ways that they do connect people with employers. It always starts with education and training, so for my first job is to connect them to training.
2: And for folks that don't know, you also host your own radio program. I'll give you a plug. You're online. It's enc96radio.com. You're on every Wednesday from 7 to 9, so Seven folks nine. folks can go online and uh, and listen to you live each week. And I'm sure you're talking about topic. I'm sure this will be a hot topic on your radio show this week.
3: We hope so. What we deal with is the issues that are affecting our minority communities in general. And the reason why that came about very briefly is that through all of the different institutions and, and different arenas that I'm able to function in, you you guys know as well as I do that there's always a conversation after the conversation. So I would normally be standing outside with those members of our community who are very familiar with how things work in these upper rooms and top rooms. And we would always be outside talking until late hour, you know, until the late hour. And I would say, man, these conversations our community isn't even having. How do we take control of some media platforms and extend those conversations to our community? So within two weeks, I went and launched the radio show, and it's been successful, but that's what we do. We take those conversations that are really pertinent to our community and we extend them to the community so that they can be a part of the conversation.
2: And, Terrence, one of the things I've been surprised about is just the the divide this has created within the Pirate Nation. And that's kind of the the world we operate in. And whether you're white, black, male, female, uh, you know, straight, gay, it don't matter. We operate in the Pirate Nation. But this has created a real divide, I feel, like within that Pirate family. Wouldn't you say, Terrence? Oh, yeah. Uh, Because, first of all, the disconnect comes
0: because the minority – we have our our beliefs of why the protest was was good. The majority feel like the protest was because of uh we're disrespecting the soldiers, we're disrespecting the flag. But it's not because of we're not disrespecting the flag or the soldiers because the protest is not about that. The protest a lot of people forgot about what the protest is about. And that's where the disconnect is coming from because they're not even worrying about that the protest is about uh police officers and and the public, how police officers are shooting and killing our minorities. Oh, not just minorities, but sometimes it happens to, to, to white kids as well. So, but now the fact that it's with social media, with cameras, because truthfully, the things that's going on now been happening. Mm-hmm. But now it's just documented because we have cameras. So a lot of people is taking that and turning it into a race issue, which is from the jump, it wasn't a race issue. It was the police brutality, basically. Uh, So, and that's where everybody's getting it misconstrued and they making it racist, you know, but it's not, to me, it's not a race issue,
2: you know, but I think we kind of lost sight of that. I do think that that the message, at least, and I kind of equate back to what happened here in East Carolina, because I can't, you know, I'm not in the police. I don't speak for anyone else really other than myself. I just look at how it's now affected here at ECU and in Greenville and I think the message did get lost you in know. the way it, it was protested. I think, and I think everybody, if we could just tap the brakes and, and take a step back, and regardless of what your position is, to understand if if you were, you know, pro the protest, and you think that's the greatest thing in the world, take a moment to understand why people were upset, maybe by the way it was done, not that that actual what it was about. Mm-hmm. And then if you were upset that it was done. Take a moment, tap the brakes on that side, and let's find out, well, what was it about? Why why are they protesting? And I think if we spent some more time talking about that and explaining those issues on each side, which hopefully we can get to today, um, and then continue the dialogue, that's a first step. I mean, a first step is let's have a conversation. And, look, we didn't ask for this. We were on a sports radio station. I I didn't come in and, and Jonathan knows. I didn't say, gee, how can we lead the community in race relations talks, you know? That's not a position we ever thought we'd be in, but that's where we are, we feel an obligation to, to the Pirate Nation and to the greater community to, we could be that vehicle. We could help facilitate that, and now that we have all the answers, surely we don't, and, and a lot of people may disagree with some of our opinions, which is fine, but let's at least have a open and honest and, and, and civil discussion, and that's why I like the name that you call your organization, NC Civil. Why can't it be like that? You, you have arguments or disagreements with family members all the time, and they're still family or friends. Why can't we do that between each other? Why can't we talk about things? And even if we don't see eye to eye, why can't we have those discussions to just kind of understand each other's viewpoint a little bit better?
3: That is absolutely. And and first, let me say, um, as far as, you know, the Pirate Nation and, and us being civil, let me just say I'm actually studying and still a student at ECU. So definitely a part of Pirate Nation in those respects. I'm also on the committee for the East Carolina Civility Summit, working with Eric Noble and several other of the administrators and student staff over at, over at ECU. So Pirate Nation is definitely uh, making strides to, to keep the conversation civil, and I'm a part of those efforts. Let me just speak to what happens and a bit of what I understand as to why this becomes racial and what I think many people don't understand. First of all, let's, let's put some core facts down. In the history of the world, no matter where you go, no matter what part of the globe you go to, there has always been and always will be the presence of minority communities. Everywhere you go. And you can't show me one area where a minority community has been treated equally. Those are just, that's not facts meant to anger anyone. Those are just things that will allow us hopefully to step back and say, let's realize that this is real. It always has been real. And and it is real. So now one of the features that makes it a struggle for being a minority is that you're lesser in number and prominence. So when you have an issue, you may say, hey, I have an issue. You may say it again and again and again. But if members of the majority community don't believe you have an issue, then you don't have an issue. So it's almost a scenario where, as you can have a community crying out, crying out, like something is wrong over here. Something is going wrong over here. But the sad part about our relationship is that, where it becomes racial, is that if the members of the white community don't take your issue seriously, if they choose to ignore it, then guess what? You've got nothing. So it almost puts you in a situation where you're begging a person who is supposed to be your equal, will you please look at something that's going on and until you look at it, I mean, think about it now until the nil took place inside you know the football stadium, we wouldn't have even had this conversation either
2: well, and and I will say that you know as much, and I've been one of those folks that that have said, you know I think that the way they did it maybe wasn't the best way, the mm-hmm. way they wrapped it with the national anthem. But I will say this, it has created dialogue mm-hmm. and it has created conversation that maybe we wouldn't have had. Now, what I'd like to know, and I've offered an extension to the band members, even if they need to do it under the cloak of secrecy, to interview them to learn about, well, what are they protesting? Because not, the one thing we really haven't heard from is them. Mm-hmm. We saw the actions they took, but I'd like to know, are they upset about something in Greenville, mm-hmm. or is it something that in Charlotte, mm-hmm. or is it an overall nation? Like, I'm serious. Like, we're all making assumptions about what they're protesting, and we can all kind of guess what it's about. But I haven't heard anyone directly from the band of what they are protesting. I'd love to get their viewpoint on that. But what what this has obviously struck a nerve with a lot of people. So what are the issues, Jermaine, according, you know, that that you feel that they would be that that they're protesting? What are the big pick? What are the problems that they are bringing light to?
3: Absolutely. And and it's just kind of exactly let's start with, with what Terrence Copper said. He talked about policing in communities of color particularly. And let me explain some fundamentals about that and I can get, you know, stretchy with it. So, but I think it, it speaks to the point. Policing in and of itself is not about safety. We all know that police don't factually keep you safe. There, there are, there are, it's a social contract. The existence of policing says that what we do as citizens, we hand over the right to privatize violence. And we allow them to solve our issues that's basically saying if Elby, if you wrong me i'm not going to wrong you back i'm going to call local law enforcement and they'll they'll step in and mitigate our issues so that you and i don't get into exacting our own version of justice now because that would cause chaos in society right now let's extend past that so everyone's handed over that right, and police you deal with all the issues now let 's get to the issue of over policing a community when police and we know we have a history of police addressing minority communities in big SWAT suits and rolling in in large numbers. I don't know if you guys realize it, but I grew up watching the police vans hop out on people and kicking doors with battering rams. And they may have been a bad person in the house, but they kicked in the entire family's door and threw everyone on the ground and ransacked houses on a daily basis. And that could have been just due to uh, maybe a, a president's crime initiative, maybe some legislation that got passed down. But now this is happening in our communities. So let's say what studies suggest. Studies suggest that forget a person that commits a crime. If you grow up and you know enough people that commit, I mean, that have been incarcerated, what happens is you will tend to withdraw from the democratic process. That, that doesn't mean you won't vote. That means you won't join neighborhood associations. You won't join groups and committees that work to bring about change in a democratic way. You'll withdraw from the entire process. So due to over-policing and militarizing of poor communities of color, what happens is the idea has changed of what policing is. Now, whereas the rest of the world still gets to look at policing with this very rosy-colored eye, members of communities of color have to look at policing through the view of what they've seen every day. So guess what happens? Once the image of policing changes in your mind, now if Ellerby wrongs me, guess what I'm not going to do anymore? I'm not going to call the police because they are no longer seen as solvers of problems, and that could be right or wrong, but it's perception. So now they are seen as, as, as instigators of problems. So now if Ellerby wrongs me, I'm going to have to get him back, and we fall back into a state of privatized violence. Now, once a community goes into privatized violence and falls back into that state due to a failure of the state initially, now everyone looks at them and says, now they're violent. Now they're behaving in a manner that's unbecoming of, of civilization and citizenship. But the truth is, now, now you take the next step. Now I'm worried about LRB and Terrence Copper, so what we're going to do now, I'm going to form my own organization to protect us. Then you get the emergence of gangs and so, and, and so forth and so on. So there's this very natural progression that is taking place in our communities. And as we start to talk about solving the problem, you still have police running in worsening the problem. So what we want to do is first let help people understand that the way police officers deal in communities of color is and has always been different than the way they deal with other communities. And you can speak to why you think that is, but the fact is it is different. And if we're going to change this, yeah, we have to change behaviors in our communities, but we also have to change law enforcement in our, in our communities. So when people are saying, I've seen communities where if you got picked up by the police and you made it to that elevator, by the time you got to the third floor, you were going to get beat up no matter who you were. That was just protocol. And so when we say it's not happening in Greenville, if you are a member of a minority community and you know something just happened to someone pretty much because they were a minority, you feel it because you say, dang. I'm a minority too. I wonder how my law enforcement feels about me. And then you look at things come from an institution that when someone protested, they put it down and then they say we won't tolerate it. So you say now, oh, I get how they feel about us now. They don't acknowledge our concerns at all. Then it becomes it comes home. And 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 I think that bothers people too to the ump degree because think about this. Just think about this. Have you have you heard, have you read the third verse of the national anthem? I, you know, I've, I've Googled, I think most people don't know there's a yeah. Sort of I, I, I've
2: yeah, never sure, even yeah. heard of that until recently. I, in fact, it was yesterday, and I Googled it. And there is debate as far as you know what is you know is that what does it mean? Was it even included? You know, there's a lot of talk online as far as what that's all about.
3: Well, they, so, I mean,
2: there's that's a whole other debate. We we'll could probably do a whole show <laughs> just on that. But the but basic
3: but, story is just that when when the British were fighting against against the U.S. colonies or, or those what they did was they said, what we'll do is we'll get the slaves to fight on our side and we'll give them their freedom if we win. So slaves who who had wanted their freedom and couldn't get it any other way, they said, well, we'll fight. Now we're not fighting for Great Britain, but we will fight for our freedom if Great Britain is willing to give us our freedom. Now they fought and won some battles, but overly lost the war. So as that verse was written out, there's a third verse that does some mocking of the but place. it was written yeah. in
1: 1814. Do you, do you think – uh, and you're a very intelligent person and, and, and know the facts here, but do you think a majority of the people that are protesting the National Anthem or these other protests are aware of this third verse at all or, I mean
2: – And it's how, not part of the song now. It's, it's not sung during
1: – before games. You know, so, I mean, it's like – to me, I had to look it up and read I mean, read all about the whole National Anthem, how, how long it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the first verse. I mean, I just wonder – how much in play that is to people that are protesting.
3: Well, And I'll say, there's there's a large population who, of course, didn't. There's a large population that did. But then what happens is, let me ask you a question. If I turn around and I ask you to sing that song, and you're black, do you sing it? And if you sing it, do you sing it with the same feelings of closeness with your nation that everyone else is able to enjoy? Because it's one thing for me to have a history of, of enslaving people of color, but then for me to ask you to sing the song, celebrating it, what do, how do you think you would feel?
1: Why, why is it so recent that the national anthem, because I mean, I, I think back into history, I think Whitney Houston sang one of the most beautiful renditions of Absolutely. the national anthem, and, uh, and, and so so, many, so long, so why, why now is the national anthem the, the target of protesting?
3: That is a very good question, and let me just say it's not what happens is the conversation shifts itself to different platforms that come into play. So whereas we were having the conversation possibly over voting rights, it's not so much about voting as it is about being equal in in humanity. Then the conversation shifts to another platform. So that platform comes into play, and we fight and argue over the particular thing. But the conversation has been the same of all, not just American communities of, of minority base, but all minority communities have been asking for, and here's, the, here, let me go back to the original statement. All we can really do is ask, because if members of the majority community won't give equality, and let, and let me add a fact that brings that home. You guys are also aware that there was a time when uh, Italians were not considered white. They were not viewed as as members of white America, correct? I I, I don't know that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. when when Italians first began to immigrate here, they were treated as minorities. And over time, they began to take on this status of being considered members of white America. The same thing with the Irish and the Scottish and the Germans. When they first got here, they were treated for many reasons, religious reasons and other distinctions. You're not members of the Puritan white community. Once they achieved that status, there are some benefits that came along with that. It's just natural. Pe- I don't, maybe people don't intend to do it, but once you're considered a part of the white Puritan middle class base, there's some, there's some benefits that come along with that. With, with members of communities of color who can never achieve that status, what do you think are the benefits that they might be missing out on? And you don't have to have the answer. What what I'm saying is there are some dynamics in play here that, as a, a part of our recent history in our nation, are very, very real. And I'm not saying we have to come up with the answers, but going back to the fact that the sad truth about it, and I even hate to admit this, is that if white members of the white community don't acknowledge it, then it's not real.
2: Jermaine, let me ask you this. We're talking to Jermaine McNeil, director of NC Civil, and uh, Terrence Copper also in studio with us. I, I'm kind of a – I always think a solution, basically. Like, okay, there's a problem. How do we find a solution to it? This isn't an easy thing necessarily to find a solution because uh, some people – and you're reaching a lot of people that may go, well, I, I don't think that that's a problem. Or that is – and then you, we're reaching a lot of people that go, hey, man, he's hitting on a nerve. This is exactly the problem. So I think – one, I don't think there is an easy solution. But I'm going to ask you, what is the solution? And I, I'm thinking about here and now. We can go back and we can relive history, mm-hmm. and none of us were back here. But, you know, all I can do is how do I conduct myself? How do I raise my kids? And how do I interact with people? That, that's really the only thing I can control. I can't speak for police departments or uh, other folks across the country, but you know, we ra- I raise my kids that like we raise them to t- treat everybody equal, that, that have respect for everybody. We don't talk about Race, my, my, I've said this on the air before. My kid's best friend is black. They lo- and this kid, he is the greatest kid I know. Mm-hmm. They don't even see him as. Do you know how they see him? They just see him as his best friend. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't color. And in fact, until. The whole Colin Kaepernick thing, because they love sports, they love football, they don't even understand this. They don't even know what it's about. Terrence, you've interacted with them. They just know Terrence is the guy that has the fancy shoes. They they, they don't, oh, it's not Terrence is your black friend, it's just Terrence is your friend. Correct. So I, I think, you know, we are trying, or me and my wife are trying to raise our kids in a world that you treat everybody with respect, and there isn't a difference, and let's not put labels on everybody. You know, if everybody did that, I think we'd be in a lot better situation. But as I said, I can only control what I do. How do we fix this? Or, and I know we're just starting a conversation. We may not have time to really get into to details today. But, but where do we go from here? How do we make this thing better so we can kind of get along as Americans? Not as just white people or black people or Asians. How can we get along as Americans?
3: And I'll I'll offer three things, and there's a list, but just speaking to our conversation today, I'll offer three things that I believe will be extremely helpful. The first thing is just what we did here today. Open up the doors and windows to your echo chamber. I think we all have an audience and a population around us that can tend to view things one-sided because groups assemble according to likenesses. So we'll tend to see things in one way, but when we do what we did today, Whereas we open up our audience to your discussion. You open up your audience to my discussion. Now, no matter how you feel about it, that door has been opened, and now you have to process that as a human being. First thing to do. So congratulations, everyone, on that. The second thing that may be harder to do is as you open up the door to your echo chambers and you are able to see the world around you as it's been broadened, when you see things, look deeper and understand that, If you see an injustice or something that's going wrong, stand up for anyone. And don't automatically assume that people are crazy and don't know what they're talking about or just trying to gather up attention or anything like that. Just give it a look because people are human and they're really trying to understand things. And if you see injustice, use your privilege to change it, because that's one of the biggest blessings that you have is your privilege. And if you only use your privilege to secure your family, you're going to find yourselves on an island, again, back in that echo chamber. But work for everyone. The third thing is very important, and you spoke about the innocence of children and how they don't see things. There was a, after the July 4th incident, there was a protest that happened right across the street here. A group of high school kids came and protested. When I found out they were high school kids, I told, I told my friends, I said, man, I don't march. I'm, not, I'm really not, I, I hadn't been sure about what the results of marching are and how it benefits our community. So historically, I had not, uh, you know, participated in a lot of marches. When I found out they were children, though, I said, oh, no, I'm showing up because they have stepped up and said they want to be engaged in their community, ask questions and get solutions, and far be it from me to allow them to get connected to a negative experience. I'm going to go to see what I can do to make their experience a positive one so that they continue on questioning their society. And, and move on with a positive experience. So going to my plow to ECU and, and the Pirate Nation, when it comes to your children and they stand up, no matter what they stand up for, no matter how they stand up, they just ask you in a roundabout way, we want to be engaged in the solution. If you turn your backs to them and boo them, you split your family apart and you are in danger of tearing up your household. Support your children in what they do. Uh, that, that's just what that's what we have to do. Can you stick with us? I can't. I got, we
2: got to get a timeout in here. Great discussion, though. I appreciate Jermaine McNair being with us. we well, we still got more to go. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Got to get our uh, reflector news headlines in, our sports and weather too, and then we'll have more. Terrence Copper and Jermaine McNair, director of NC Civil. We return right here on Pirate Radio right after this.
1: To live at five with Troy D. and Ellerby. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Now it's the time to switch to Suddenlink TV and Internet. Go during the Go Switch event. Fall TV is back with so many great shows, it's hard to watch them all at once. With Prom Time on Demand from Suddenlink, you can watch all your favorite episodes. You missed 24 hours after they've aired for free. Never miss your favorite shows again with Prom Time on Demand, all from our friends. At Suddenlink, Suddenlink HDTV gives you access to hundreds of TV shows, video on demand, and pay-per-view. And if you're sick of having slow Internet, go to switch to Suddenlink right now and get super fast Suddenlink Internet and see the difference in downloading, uploading, and streaming right away. You get access to Internet from anywhere in your home for all the multiple devices. You know everybody in the house is on the Internet. Everybody's streaming their favorite shows now, even your favorite football games are being streamed even on ESPN3. So get the best internet in eastern North Carolina. It's all from our friends at Suddenlink. 50 meg of internet right now for thirty nine ninety five per month is the offer during the Go Switch event from Suddenlink. 866-432-1184 is the number to remember. Or Suddenlink.com to get more information. And remember, when you make the switch and get the best internet in eastern North Carolina, be sure to ask about unlimited data plans from Suddenlink. Incredible speed, unlimited data, at incredible prices. All from Suddenlink. 866 432 1184. Remember, when you get the best internet in Eastern North Carolina, bundle and save your television and home phone like Troy D. and Ellerby do, and you'll be glad you made the switch to Suddenly. Go Switch event going on right now with our friends at Suddenly. 866 1184. Thanks to Suddenly, great sponsor of the program. Congratulations, to David Johnson, our big winner. Picked up a free lunch from our friends at Chico's. Grab your amigos. Head to Chico's this Saturday. They'll have the East Carolina South Florida game on the televisions at Chico's. Great lunch or dinner or just some drinks with friends. Stop by Chico's for lunch or dinner any day of the week.
2: All right, welcome back to the show. Troy D'Eller will be here with you and Terrence Copper alongside also Jermaine McNair, our special guest director of NC Civils. We're talking about community relations. We're talking about race relations. We're talking about the aftermath of the ECU ban protest. A lot of big, heavy topics, you know, and stuff normal we don't tackle on this show. But I think it's important that we start this discussion, guys, as we opened up the show. I don't know if any of us have all the answers, but I think starting a discussion and starting to learn about what this is all about and having a dialogue is so important. We all view life and we all go through life with different experiences and we all have different perspectives on things and it creates different filters on how you see things. And you know, we can go, we can all go see the same movie and all of us can have a different response to that movie. Some people can love it, some people will say, "Oh, that movie sucks." I mean, it's the same movie. But people have different experiences with it. We can go to a football game and, and watch the same play. They can do it instant replay. And, Terrence, there's still a discussion on, well, did, that, did it touch the ground or did it not touch the ground? Yeah. A thousand people can see it, and you can have a thousand different viewpoints. And everybody, that's why we have the fifth quarter, Troy D. Everybody <laughs> sees the game different. Yeah. Everybody calls in about different things, right, Terrence? And, and, that's, that's therapy. And, and everybody the has a different opinion, and, and that's kind of how this I see this thing is. You know, this everybody witnessed what happened or heard about it or saw about it later, and everybody's kind of got a difference of opinion on, on what happened and how, and how it happened and should it have happened, should it not have happened, should it have happened differently. Terrence, I guess the big question is where do we go from here because I, I, I do think – Look, we've got to find a way where we all live in the same community. We all have a lot of things in common. Where do we take it from here? How do we build common ground from this and use this as a learning experience to hopefully uh, be, be all be better? Yeah, you got to want
0: peace. That's the thing. You got to want peace because we we live in a small community, pirate nation, and everybody knows everybody somehow. And you got to want peace. So the biggest thing to me is. Blacks, we got to open our eyes, and whites, they got to open their eyes to what's really going on. So when I say that, that means whites need to take a look, take a step back, and look at why are we really protesting? Why are we really protesting? And and I said it before, it's not the disrespect to disrespect the flag or disrespect the soldiers. And blacks need to take a look back, take a step back, and look and see well just because they don't agree with us protesting a certain way, that doesn't mean that all whites are racist. Now, when it comes to certain things, a lot of racist comments has came out through all this stuff, but I'm definitely not agreeing with that, but that doesn't mean that every white person is a racist and because they don't You're believe, referring to well,
2: a lot of stuff on social media. Social I, social I see, media. And some people, I think, have crossed but, the line and put some but, stuff out there that, that is extremely inappropriate. But, but on the other end of it,
0: the whites got to understand why we are protesting and why we chose that venue because I feel like that venue was the perfect place to choose the venue because what it does now it brings awareness to what's really going on, but the fact that everybody is not really looking at what's really going on everybody's is, are kind of close minded they're they're taking their opinions and' like, okay well, they're protesting and they're disrespecting our flag and and we're like, well, if you don't agree with our protest, you're racist. Well, a lot of people no, with the so band in particular. It's, it's a big disconnect. You're, you're, you're right. On both ask sides. I want to
1: ask you about the band, though, in particular. People take issue with the band from what we heard, and you heard in the fifth quarter, is that it was their job to play the national anthem. And they, I guess they were now, protesting. So
0: I guess now on the fifth quarter are, of,
1: of what the opinion is of should the band be able to protest for the, future national anthems?
0: Now, in the fifth quarter, I didn't know if the band actually played. That was a big concern. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if they played it or they was playing it while they was on a knee. Now, I feel, this is my opinion. I feel like you can protest it, but if it's your job to play the National Anthem, that's just like if I got a football game. If I'm playing a football game, I can't be like, oh, I'm not playing. Right. My job is to play football. If I go to East Carolina on a football scholarship to play football, my job is to play football, but I may can protest in a a certain type of way, but I still got to play. But, with the band members, I'm okay with them protesting, but I feel like it's your job to play the national anthem unless they're going to play it over the loud, over the loud box or something like that.
3: All right, let me, let me get into some perception. These are things that I can't say are fact, but mm-hmm. this is the way it appears, and we have to be honest about these things. What appeared to have happened is where I feel there's a, there's a bigger problem because if a, what a man decides to do on his job, deal with him on a job basis. Mm-hmm. If you feel like he did wrong, fire him, yeah, but when you, as an institution, take on the standpoint that somehow their protest was against you and then or your values, and then you stand up and protest against them, now, what you've done is pitted yourself because you could have supported them you could have you could have removed those who and then continue to support your team, done a million things, but the minute you come out as an adversary of that group and you say, "We will not tolerate this." It it appears that that was provoked by big money and band boosters and things of that nature that made you track back, and it's hard for the community to see it otherwise because we're looking. Now, when it comes to this this honoring of the flag thing, I, I honestly don't feel the same way about our American flag or our American values. I don't feel like they represent everyone the same, so I don't have the same experience with the flag or the national anthem or anything. But for those who love the flag and love the patriotism, if, if the flag is a symbol of American unity and the great nation of America, well, why would we protect that? But our president is a symbol of the great American nation, and the office of presidency is a symbol, but we have disrespected that for the entire Every president that has ever been in office. What does it mean to
1: be an American to you then? Because a lot of people hold the flag and the national anthem. So, so, I mean, I I imagine you're proud to be an American. What, what, What makes you proud to be an American?
3: Well, here's what makes me proud to be an American. The ability to choose, decide on how I'm going to pursue my life without threat of being put down or someone saying we won't tolerate that. Now, for me, this brings up a very good point because... I grew up, and we talk about, I'm talking right now um, about blind allegiance. I grew up in a community where the culture that I hung around with, they would say, hey, man, we're going to beat up LRB today. And do you do you know that I would have to say, yeah, I'm down with it. Let's go beat LRB up. And then the other person would have to say, yeah, we got to be down. And if one person wasn't with it, they would be ousted from that group. And we did a lot of things in that community based on groupthink. As I became a man, I learned to question the allegiances that I have, and always be able to say, hold on, guys, what are we doing? I also pledge to myself as a man that I will never be a part of anything else in my life that I can't question. When we attempt to remove a person's ability to question their allegiance to something, I think that's a stronger version of America because we're not saying we've thrown out our allegiance. We are saying that, hey, this thing that we've pledged our life and allegiance to, I've got some questions, bro, and I need some answers. And we can't, and, and a part of being America, to me, is the freedom to do that without fear of being put down as if you're not a part of Amer- the real America. Jermaine
2: McNair, special guest with us, director of NC Civil. I feel like we've just scratched the surface on this, guys. There's a lot we could talk about, uh, but the bottom line was... Uh, we wanted to give you a, a, an opportunity and a forum to reach an audience that maybe you normally don't get to talk to and reach. And this doesn't mean uh, this has to be the end of it. I kind of look at this as uh, is, is maybe beginning uh, of a dialogue and a start to, you know, and, and, I, and I feel that we're in a community hopefully that is more inclusive, that we haven't had a lot of these problems that you see in these other communities when it comes to the police specifically. I know how hard they work to avoid these type of things. So I want to in this, on a, on a positive note, that, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is big picture stuff. Yeah. It's stuff in the country, and I don't want to feel like we're we're, we're targeting just Greenville. You know, not not that it, that everywhere's perfect, but I want to. Uh, is that a fair statement, Jermaine? It's that that this is this is not this is not we're not talking about pit, Greenville. We're talking about you're talk, a lot of what we talk about is, is the country as a whole.
3: We want to be proactive because we know that other cities set examples for us. So we can look at them as a as a mirror and a, and a looking glass as to what's moving around our nation, and we know that some of it exists here. And what we want to do is be ever so more proactive so that we build the kind of community that we want. And I think we're doing that.
0: And, and before we go on a lighter note, I'd like to give a shout out to my wife. She's watching it on uh, on what? the live stream.
3: Cool. I want to get your for candy. How you doing? I want to get your <laughs> prediction for East
0: Carolina,
1: <laughs> South Florida, before we get out of here, Terrence.
0: East Carolina about three.
1: About time. That's my prediction. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's. <laughs> That'll unite everybody if he's going to win by three. I can tell you that. People may protest Terrence pick. Did you see him play last week, Terrence? I'm telling you. I hope you're right. He'll He'll be be here for game day. Thanks for being here
2: today. Guys, appreciate you being here. I I really enjoyed our discussion. And as I said, I think it's just the start. And and we, we live, hopefully, you know, I consider in a great country. It's not perfect. But we live in a country that gives us an opportunity to continue to better itself and to better its citizens. And I hope we can do that. There's a lot of anger on both sides. I think if we can all just tap the brakes, and let's ease off that anger. Let's not be so angry with everybody. And, and I'm talking about myself, everybody. Let's just not, hey, let's, let's, let's try and understand everybody better and not be so angry at everybody, and that we'll take a step forward in this process. So I appreciate you guys joining us here. I really do. And, uh, Terrence, we'll see you game day for the game fifth day. quarter. Hopefully that uh, hurricane stays away and we get everything in uh, as scheduled. We'll be back with you next time for another episode. Until next time, for Alabama, Troy D., so long, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Live at 5 with Troy D. and Ellerby, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio 1250 at 930, the voice of the Pirate Nation, Pirate Radio